Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. It's time. We didn't do one last week because of scheduling conflicts, but it's time. We are finally going to do numbers again, and we're going to go 26 through 30. I got the boys in the house. I got Zach from Louisville Sluggers. I got uh, Jason Beck in the house from uh, Bourbon and Baseball. If you don't know him, uh, we got to talk about that. You definitely need to know about him. And then we've got Mayflower Dave, um, you know, who's <laughs> just awesome. In that, so boys, how you doing tonight? Fantastic, couldn't be better. I, I can't complain. You know, taking COVID in the bed, it's great. There you go, you survived another one. Yeah, somehow. So, so Dave, since you survived, take us, lead us off in number twenty-six. So we're gonna go twenty-six through thirty tonight, everybody, and let's see where we get. All right, twenty-six here. Um, this number rings home, no pun intended, to me as a Phillies fan, um, because I am going to talk about the bane of all New York Mets fans everywhere and the heart and soul of the Phillies dynasty in the mid to late 2000s, number 26, but number one in your hearts, Chase Sutley. This man, when he was in his prime and I watched him in his prime, he was great. Hitting, stealing, and there was almost a time where from 2006 to 2008, we almost had three different Phillies players win the MVP award. And that's it's Chase Utley was just a monster. He could field. He was one of the best fielders who probably never won a gold glove. Um, four times slugger, six time all-star. And again, he's, he, we love him in Philly, but in New York, you, he's basically the, the red and white and blue and white incarnation of Satan. Um, sh- um, uh, Shank Stadium or City Field, whatever it is they have, they have the Utley Corner, and then you just have to mention 2015 NLDS for Mets fans, and you'll know exactly who the, who you're talking about. Um, right. So Chase I'm, Utley I'm, was. Did you Chase hear? Utley was my guy. Did you hear, Dave, that they're gonna have uh, Chase Utley catch a first pitch at Dodger Stadium, and Noah Syndergaard's gonna throw it? I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a good that one you got funny. there. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little awkward, huh? <laughs> I just, I just yeah. teasing. That's, Again, that'd be Chase awesome, Sutley, though, wouldn't it? That would be Chase awesome. Sutley, I grew up with him. Um, watched him play his whole career, and he's a fantastic human being off the field as well. Do, doing yes, a lot of charity work with, um, animal charities and whatnot, and he was whatnot. beloved Billy. So I, my votes for Chase Utley. Nice use of whatnot, Dave. Good job. Thank you. Mm. All right. Mr. Beck, what you got for us? Number 26. 26. Um, it's kind of strange because it seems like I'm going to be jumping in the way back machine today for this segment. And I'm, you know, growing up, having the Angels here in town, watching the Angels every year on uh, the old KTLA station. Yep. Um, they were always like so good and then they would collapse because the Kansas City Royals would always come creeping up behind them. And so one of the key members of that team, besides number five, George Brett, was center fielder Amos Otis. Center yes. fielder Amos Otis of the Kansas City Royals. He's an underrated player during that decade and during his generation, but the guy hit over 270 for his career. I think he had over 2,000 knocks, as a matter of fact. And I believe he won five gold gloves. Um, no, he was a five-time All-Star. Check that. And a three 
Time Gold Glove winner. Uh, he's a member of the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame. And when he retired, he was in the top five in virtually every offensive and defensive category for the Kansas City Royals. But he was one of those key contributors, UL Washington, Frank White, Amos Otis, and George Brett during that time period. He was he just roamed center field and was a fantastic key to that team and those championship runs they had. Love it. Love it. I Jason, you must have thought the same way I did. I didn't pick him, but he was my honorable mention because I, I knew Dave was going to choose Chase Utley. So I wanted to, and I'm thinking to myself, somebody better say Amos Otis. So <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That was Back on my list. Got... That was on my I list, know. but I, uh, I went with somebody else. Um, you know, I spent some time looking at these cause it's tricky. Cause there's a lot of players that, you know, maybe had, uh, this number for a few years went somewhere else. I didn't, you know, they came back. Right. But um, ultimately um, I went with hall of famer, uh, Billy Williams, Chicago oh, Cubs. Good call. Um, wow. That's a great call. Holy cow. Had to kind of, I, you know, I'm always looking at the the numbers and when they wore them and how did they perform when they wore it. Right. Cause uh, that, that matters to me in this, in this whole argument. So 61 to 74, I mean, he hit 390 homers. I mean, I think he was in his basically the true prime of his career. Um, 297 batting average, uh, 869 OPS, uh, just an incredible hitter, uh, rookie of the year winner. He uh, became he got second in MVP votes in uh, 1970. Uh, you know, six time All Star batting title. Um, you know. You name it. He's a pretty great player. Yeah, he's solid. Absolutely he's a great. Left fielder and a first baseman, essentially what the Yankees definitely need. <laughs> right. There you go. I Can we pick I would love to bring somebody from the dead and put him in the Yankees right now. They need him. <laughs> he's not that, dead, but you see what I'm number saying. Number four. <laughs> see what I'm saying. They need somebody, man. They need somebody. Hey, how about how about you let number 44 take right field again and you move number 99 over to center? There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, man. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Who does? So, so I am going to disappoint you two Yankee fans. So Beck and, and Wood, don't hurt me here. But I know um, you know what I'm going to say with number 26. I know who you're going to say with number 26. I do. And so it's 2,098 hits with this specific team when he wore this jersey. Um, he only struck out uh, 470 times with this team at a 338 uh, batting average. That's Wade Box. Great choice. Look, so, I looked at him. I looked at man, him. Yeah. Along with Chicken Man. And that, and as I was preparing this, I was thinking, I hope somebody mentions Amos Otis. And I know Jason and Zach don't have the – the stones to mention Wade Boggs because he was a Yankee killer. <laughs> yeah. He became a Yankee. Yeah. But he came on board with us, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Riding the horse and after the World Series, man, he made some Red Sox fans hate him, but it was awesome. Right? Fantastic. Solid start. I'll take it. That was great. I'll take it. So, Zach, take us into number 27. Okay. All right. Let me look at my list here. I'm glad I got 27 first because I know somebody else has this guy. 
Um, and that's sure fine. That? It is what it is. I am. I'm not for sure about it. His son recently got injured, but Vladimir Guerrero, uh, his dad, uh, amazing player, truly. I love watching him on the Expos. I mean, Angels, his whole career. I mean, you know, he was down here for a little bit, even in Texas for one season. So, yeah. um, you know, he's a 931 career hitter on OPS. I mean, that's amazing. Um, I mean, one of the best players, one of the best players ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Great call. I like wow. that. I knew that was coming up, too. Yeah. Um, wh- what you got, Jason? Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of uh, Zach's uh, comments there on Vlad Sr. And there's no, absolutely no argument with me. Yeah, I mean, we know that there's another guy patrolling the outfield in Anaheim that wears that number, and that guy's pretty solid himself. Um, but yeah, Vlad Sr., without a doubt for me, watching this guy play just was absolutely amazing. This guy has 2,500 career hits. I think he has like over a 315 career average, somewhere in that area. Um, but uh, I think in his position, he has over, I think he has seven or eight silver sluggers as well. But I mean, the best bad ball hitter of all time. I mean, period. And, and he only wore 27. Only wore 27. Uh, Vladimir uh, Guerrero Sr. was one hell of a ball player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You could bounce it. You could throw a 58-foot uh, <laughs> pitch, and he's going to hit it off the ground. Yep, every time. Double. So, opposite field. These guys can't hit opposite field anymore. This guy hits it off the ground for an opposite field. Yeah. Double. Yeah. So, I, think I mean, you're – yeah. Texas, wasn't it? Wasn't it against the Rangers that he did that one time? I could have been. I can't quite remember. But I think what's crazier about this guy is that 16 years, I mean, he played nearly every game of every season. I mean, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, that's what's incredible about it. Yeah, he was solid. I don't think he got hurt very often at all. And all that pine tar on yeah. the helmet, that was always yeah. really rad. Yeah. MVP 2004. Oh, yeah. I, 04. His first year out at Montreal. I was uh, actually at the game in Anaheim when he had 10 RBIs one game. And the group that I was with wanted to leave. And I said, nah, this guy's going to do something special. It's like the fourth inning or something like that. And he ended up with 10 RBIs that game. And most of the people I was with weren't hardcore baseball fans. They're like, so what? What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 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 Stick around. I had had that feeling when I was – at the Padres Ranger game, I saw a no hitter. I was like, yeah. they're just getting mowed down here. I go, this is something I, I sent something, something's funky here. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, and I knew I just, there was something in the air. I didn't expect to be back, you know, two months later and witness Corey Kluber do the same thing. But I, I mean, that was definitely weird. Two in a row. I saw, yeah. two I saw the only games I saw that year was two no nos. Yeah. It's really weird. I'm probably just be like, all right, I'm gonna retire now. I'm never gonna I, exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. I may never go to another baseball game again. I'm out. <laughs> I don't need to go to another game. I've seen them all. I've seen yeah. it all. I said I've I'm taking my wife to day. every game after this forever. Wow. <laughs> she was with me both both games. So my when we were doing some um wax pack carrying one night, uh my wife and I I had the uh, 89 series. First oh. pack she tears open, she tears open the Griffey Ricky. No. Next pack, she tears open the Thomas rookie. 
And wow. these are in boxes, right? You know, there's the wax pack stuff, right? The next pack that she tore open, she tore open the Griffey rookie again. And I'm like, I'm not touching the rookie. You just do the rest. Of the <laughs> yeah, boxes. yeah, you're on a roll here. Yeah. Yeah. You do yeah. that. And yeah. she, I don't want She tore open the one that was the air card with the scab on his arm, too. And I'm oh like, yeah, you just, you go, yeah. girl. I don't need to do anything else. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I looked it up yeah. online. Some guy's way overselling it on eBay for forty grand. That's like, funny, hey, man. Nobody's gonna pay forty grand for it. But hey, good luck to you if you can get it. Why not? You'll have to tune into my episode that's dropping tonight. I opened up a little nineteen ninety one pack here. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I will work on it. Yeah. Anyways, I will. All <laughs> right. Who's got, uh, got twenty seven after me? Did Did you go, Dave? Dave. No, it me. It me. Hi, I problem. Um. We're going to go to the way back machine, folks. Woo! Um, <laughs> we're going to go with um, possibly someone who our, who our very dear friend Marty Castro would very much love to meet. Um, Juan Marichal. Nice. Um, Dominican dandy man himself. And that leg kick can basically beat out Chuck Norris if he wanted to. Um, Ten-time all-star. Um, it's a dang shame. That Juan never won a Cy Young because when he was having these great years, there was always someone in LA by the name of Sandy Kopax or Don Drysdale basically saying, you know what? Nah, fam, we got it. You're cool. You're good. I mean, Juan Marichal, he was amazing at what he did. In his very first start, he almost had a no hitter. That's how good of a starting side you can get when you come in to the league. Yeah, um, you know, from 62 to 69, he ha- he averaged almost, you know, let's see here. He averaged a 246 ERA and average going of 22 and 10 a wow. season. That this That's man is crazy. Third. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's like. If San Fan only put a bit more emphasis on hitting to complement um, Mays and McCovey, they could have made some noise and scared LA more than they only did a pipsqueak out of in 62. Good choice. Yeah, it's a great choice. I'm glad that you had all that history there. Yeah, thank you. Why we call him Mayflower Day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Why, it's why I'm paid to be here. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. The, um, so I'm going to go with you boys. I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero, and I'll tell you why I didn't go with with Mike Trout. Okay, now this is going to upset some Angel fans, but I'm looking at statistics. So if something, if he had a career-ending injury this year, and God forbid that happens, I don't want it to happen. But let's say he did. He's got 1,543 hits right now, 350 home runs though he's been dominant through his entire career that and the entire time with the angels right for his 12-year career those numbers aren't going to get him into cooperstown and so he needs another three four five more seasons right and so i i like the call with vladdy now if we fast forward 10 seasons and we do this in 10 years and trout still playing the way that he did. Yeah, that's there's no question in my mind, but right. It's still too early, right? It's still too early to call and I I no Angel fans are going to hate me for that just as much as Mets fans hate me every time I said they signed Kate up in this offseason. 
Um, <laughs> you know, but nice. I mean, are we really worried about Justin or do we just want Kate to show up in a Mets jersey and just jump around all night? I'm going with Kate. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. What? I feel like maybe Mike Trout might be the only player that could quit tomorrow and know he could get in in four years. Or was that? the? Yeah, is that, yeah. I don't know. I might have to disagree. But, Bye. you know, I will say that he still has a long time left on that contract. Right. And so. He does have back problems, as what's been reported, and I know what that's like. I live with it, but he he is he's twelve years in of wearing number twenty seven. So if he played for four more, he would tie Vladimir for sixteen years as the person who's worn twenty seven the highest. So if he can make it five more years, I think he's going to solidify that. So I'm, I'm meeting you halfway. I'm meeting you halfway. Yeah. So I, I would... yeah, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I wouldn't argue that either, Zach. Absolutely. I think, you know, that it's, it's kind of a wait and see at this point. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Because if he misses another season, like David and I were doing some fantasy baseball a year or two ago, and he was hurt. And uh, and he was always – he's always taken first round. Uh, but he was hurt. And then he played very well when he did play. But then he got all these all-star votes. And it was like he wasn't even – he was already hurt. He was going to be hurt for a while still. Oh, and, it was just, oh. and, and it was just like – it just to me that's not how all-star voting should be uh you know sequenced i guess you could say but yeah no i think you got a good point bill you know honestly i was looking at 27 i I didn't even see his lit his name i didn't even think about it so he may not he's not clicking for me yeah Mm -hmm. it's we still got a ways to go with him but i agree with you three or four more seasons like this just it would be hard to put him in even though he was so dominant and to take a Yankee, you two, you you and Jason are Yankees fans. How could you put him in and not put Thurman Munson in, who was a dominant catcher of his day? Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Where's my talk Roughly about? the same numbers, so it's it's hard to argue. Hey, you put Trout in, if you know. But I, I don't want to talk about him getting hurt because it's. I mean, he's great no, for the game no, and he's course. fun, right? Of course. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So, Dave, you got number twenty-eight. What what we got here? Um, you know what? We're gonna keep in the way back machine. We're gonna keep with pitcher Bert Blylevin. Come on down, buddy. Number twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Come on in, Flying Dutchman. Um, man was a machine. He pitched from nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety two, and the fact that he stayed alive for so long in his career, man, his numbers, man, his numbers will explain a whole lot. I mean, pitched 22 seasons, uh, 287 career wins, 4,970 innings pitched, and an astounding 60 career shutouts. That's all on his plaque at the Hall of Fame. Um, Again, his 4,900-plus innings are the 14th all-time as of this writing um, or as of this posting. And he had the third most all-time wins when he reti- when he retired, and he fanned two hundred batters or more eight times, and he was also a legendary pranksman with the hot foot. Um, you can't go wrong with the hot foot. Everyone loves the classic hot foot, but like Bert Blylevin, you see him pitch, yeah, go just go sit down and just don't even think about getting a bat. Um, <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, Bert, I'm going to take the strikeout already. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, Bert Blylevin, uh, the the second reincarnation of the Flying Dutchman. 
he has my vote for number 28. Solid. I love it, Jason. I, okay, oh, ahead, real quick. I, I just got to rewind. I just learned this info about Mike Trout in 27. So he was drafted first round in 2009. Um, interestingly enough, his uh, his pick was – or his numbered pick was compensation for the Yankees signing free agent Mark Teixeira. Really? Because, uh, yeah, I guess that's what happened when they signed never, Mark Teixeira. They must have lost that placement in the pick. Never knew that. Wow. Yeah. I'd Mark Teixeira do. I mean, not too bad. <laughs> I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, oh. though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jason. Going back go to 28. Yeah. Teixeira was good, but not that good. He was all right. Oh, it's me for 28? Oh, let's yes, go. Sir. Uh, it's kind of really interesting. Not a whole lot to select from, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's a few, but the one that really stuck out to me um, as a kid growing up again and, and watching KTTV and Ben Scully um, in the 80s, I'm pushing Pedro Guerrero for sure, man. Oh, Pedro, the 28 that I remember, 28 that I've seen play on the field. Um, and I believe he's a Right on the line is a complete career three, 300 hitter. Yes. Uh, uh, World Series champion. I want to say co-MVP of the 81 World Series with uh, yes. Jerry Place mm-hmm. and Ron Say. Yep. I believe so, yeah. Man, hit it on the nose. But, man, he had this distinguishable batting style, this distinguishable batting stance, and he really just was – in the middle of that Dodger lineup in the early to mid-80s, he was just money in the bank, man, every single game, every single game. Then he got sent to St. Louis, which was a fantastic place for him to play as well. Great, you know, great fans in both cities that he played in. But um, just he's the only guy that I could really think of, and he was solid as a rock, man. He's also not the guy you want to hit because he'll throw the bat at you. Yes, yeah, he, and he's pretty accurate with that bat, too. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> I remember that. Sorry, Pedro, if you're listening to this. Uh, sorry <laughs> to bring you. up not one of your fighter moments. Uh, that's awesome. What do you got, Zach, for number 28? Uh, you know, I got somebody who decided to uh, walk away from baseball a year early because they made a lot of money with a certain – athletic drink and i'm going with buster posey Ah, Uh, only war number 28 um you know he he's definitely one of marty's favorite picks and i'm going to give i I just like looking at players who wore that particular number right just that you know i feel like that gives them the most say uh you know but he made a a ton of money in and body armor and to him, it was probably better to save his knees. Um, and he didn't need that money anymore. So he got lucky in that regard. But, you know, three-time World Series champ, seven-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, Rookie of the Year, MVP. I mean, one of the best catchers, I think, to play the game. Um, and just always solid, always clutch, you know. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's – you know, you, he brought up Chase Utley earlier, and then there's the whole collision at home rule, too. And uh, Utley was unfortunately, yeah. I'm sorry, not uh, Posey was unfortunately part of that. Uh, but I, I think he was still one of the best catchers to do it. Yeah. No argument. 
Absolutely great choice for sure. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna have some fun with you guys at number twenty eight. Oh boy. I'm sorry. Okay, let's see if you guys Girardi. No. <laughs> yeah, close. Oh. This guy, four time all star, five time gold glove winner. Okay. Not mm -hmm. only that, he played 17 seasons. He combined for 2,087 hits and had uh, 199 home runs, but his career batting average 285. Okay, this guy was deprived of the Dominican Republic, came into the league in 1970, and exited in 1986. Is seen in Bad News Bears breaking training, coming into the dugout, that would be Cesar Cedeno. Oh, great. Oh, that was, dang, man. That was good. Dude, wait, man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at that and I'm, I agree with everybody. I agree with Buster Posey. I agree with Purple I 11 and Pedro Guerrero. But man, when I'm looking at these things and to your point, Zach, he didn't wear as soon as he left, as soon as he left Houston, went to Cincinnati, he still wore number 27 or 28. I'm sorry. But then when he went over to the Cardinals, he wore number seven and the Dodgers number seven. But uh, yeah. I, I got to say, great, great player. Great guy to watch. Great afro, right? I mean, doesn't get any better than that. So Good call. Yeah, I forgot about Cedeno, man. That's a great call. Come on, let the kids play. Let them play. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that on Twitter the other day, actually. Spring training and all. Yep, there you go. So, Jason, why don't you open this up with number 29? 29 would be fantastic for me to start with. And when I think of 29, it's interesting because I think back to my days as a kid growing up in Palm Springs and going to ride my bike and boogieing from uh, grade school and riding my bike over to uh, Palm Springs Stadium and camping out under the oleanders under the scoreboard. And... Uh, there was one time that I was lucky enough to stay after. I always stayed after the games to get uh, autographs and whatnot, Dave. Um, and one night, one afternoon after one of the games, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit in the infield at Palm Springs Stadium and talk with Bobby Gritch and number 29, Rod Carew. And um, I got to tell you, there is no other 29 for me. Um, I used to, as I was a kid, I used to wear uh, golf gloves because he wore red golf batting gloves. And I used to get uh, black licorice um, strings and when I was playing like youth baseball. And I would roll up the black licorice um, strings and I would put it in my mouth like I had this big Rod Carew chaw, right? And I mean... The, the greatest pure left-handed hitter that I can think of besides maybe George Brett. And, um, I mean, 328 career average, 3,053 uh, career hits, 18-time All-Star, and uh, Rookie of the Year in 67. And I believe he won seven solid batting titles. There's just, mm -hmm. yeah, without a doubt, hands down for me, Rodney Klein Carew. Yeah, right. that's exactly. me. What do you, you, think? you took my oh, you took my pick, so I'm glad I had a backup pick. Um, no, I agree 100. I mean, uh, my one of my good friends, Jake, co-founder of the my pod, you know, big broad Carew fan. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I agree with with everything you said. I, I, there's nothing else I could say. I mean, I I think for someone that didn't win the World Series to have his stats, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care that I never got a ring if I had his stats. Right, I got seven. Why, why would I care? Eighteen time All Star, seven time <laughs> batting title, MVP, Rookie of the Year. I got pretty much everything you could get, and I'm made in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, three thousand hits. You can't beat it. Um, with that being said, I got a um a good choice uh as a substitute. He, I believe, is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame in the next. Uh, voting, I'm going with Adrian Beltre, uh, oh. one of my favorite third basemen to watch. Nice. Oh, Even yeah. as a Yankee fan, I thought locally, I was like, Beltre might be my favorite player on the Rangers right now. Um, you know, just everything he did, just played it with uh, professionalism too. You know, he was just funny. Him and uh, Elvis Andrews always got up to stuff. Don't you know? Beltre never liked his head being touched. It was just funny every time I watched him play. But he was always serious. And uh, when uh, Pujols hit 700, he was the first person that Pujols went over and and uh, right. And, and high fived or whatever you met right after after home plate at the net, you know. And I was like, is that Beltre? And it was Beltre. So um I I've told the story a million times, but when he was at 2,998 or something or 99, I, I was at a bar and I was like, I'm gonna buy tickets for tomorrow, you know, because it's still cheap right now, you know, or he he had gotten a couple hits during that game uh because everybody thought he was gonna get it that night, but he didn't. And then so I was like, I'm gonna go tomorrow. So I got like a $16 ticket. And then I must have ate something at that bar because <laughs> oh. I could not leave my house and I missed oh, it. And I had a watch from home. Um, so I was really disappointed, but uh, I, I've always liked watching Adrian Beltre. So he's my number 29 pick. Good choice. Good there you go. Boys, as we're, we're coming around the mountain, let's, uh, let's make sure we get this, this wrapped up. Dave, what do you got for number 29? Number 29, we're not going to go to the Wayback Machine. We're going to stay in the relative present um, and pick out a relative new person in the Hall of Fame. Um, Hall of Famer in 2015, one of the three-headed monsters for the team of the 90s, Atlanta Braves. We're going with Smoltzy, John Andrew Smoltz. Nice call. Um, yeah. Uh, double-headed monster uh, for his career, you know, first half um 88 to 99, he was a fantastic pitcher, winning a Cy Young, even a silver slugger in 1997, which is just <laughs> wild. Um, you know, in 2000, really? he goes up with uh, Tommy John. In 2002, he comes back, and it's basically a new pitcher. He comes out of the bullpen. He just is dominant. And then he comes back into the rotation in his later on in his, in his career – and you know he's one of the he's one of the few guys with over 200 wins and 100 saves right. you can't go wrong with that wow um, that's cool yeah, yeah i Doc, saw him I, I was thinking about him is, as well he's a yeah no, it's a good one he's a great really good list, man i love listening to him so yeah they is... uh no go ahead. go ahead zach go ahead zach i'm sorry all right. Okay. Yeah. He was uh, Morgan Wallen, big country artist. Uh, he had just put out a song in his latest album called 98 Braves and uh, mentioned uh, Smoltz and some other, some other players in there. I listened to it. It was not, not too bad of a song. 29 Smoltz. was hard for me boys, because I thought about Adrian Beltre. I thought about all the jokes that he played with Elvis Andrews. 
you know, and the whole running down the left field line not to get tagged in Houston. I thought about John Smoltz, um, but ultimately I ended up right where right where Jason did with Rod Carew. You just I mean, and iconically you think he gets fooled on a pitch and he takes it opposite field and his helmet almost falls off to get that three thousand <laughs> hit. Like yep. it was just fantastic because there was no place to really play him because he could go kind of like a Freddie Freeman. He can go any direction he wanted to go. And yeah. he did it with, he did it with a lot of poise and he didn't hit a lot of home runs, but he was more feared in the angels lineup in the eighties than, than Reggie Jackson was, or Bobby Gritch was because you knew he was going to get on right. Reggie yeah. was Reggie could hit the ball a long ways, but he might go one for four. Or he might go zero for nine in three games. Whereas Rod crew, in those three games, instead of going zero for nine, he's going to go five for five for nine, right. and I mean he's just dangerous hitter, dangerous all around, oh, dangerous yeah. all around. So, all right, so we're coming to the last one, boys. Here we go. Here's the last one. We'll start. We'll start with you, Mayflower Dave. What do you got to say for the last number thirty? As we're as we tried to do our best, everybody, to keep this to thirty minutes, and we're already at forty <laughs> minutes. So we're going to do our best to wrap this up here soon for you. Dave, who is number 30? And I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to shock the world with number 30. I'm shocking the world with number 30. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, all right. Good news. We're out of the 20s. Bad news. We're in the 30s. All right. Um, nice. I just realized I went with four straight Hall of Famers. I did not intend to do this, but it is what it is. Uh, Tim Raines is my number 30. Um, fifth all-time in career stolen bases. Um, when he was in Montreal and he with uh Gary Carter, Andre Dawson, uh, Steve Rogers, like you, it's a shame they couldn't win anything there. Um, they had so much going for them. Um, yeah, other than you know, playing for almost every team in the world at that point in time, he won a batting title, he was an all star game MVP, which I actually didn't know about. Um, he was a journeyman who went, went to flipping Florida, of all places. Not that I have anything against Floridians, but it's one of those weird teams that Hall of Fame players were on towards the end of their career sort of bar quiz thing. Um, he could run, he could field, he could hit what he wanted to, but the thing that he did best was steal. And in an era with Vince Coleman, Eric Davis, and Mickey Henderson, Tim Raines is up there as one of the top five in terms of base stealers in the 80s. So I'm going with Rock Reigns. I love it. Zach, what do you got for uh, number 30? I'm trying to see something real quick. Did I pull him earlier? No. Okay. Um, This one was tough for me. Uh, I got uh, – I'm going with Orlando Cepeda. Is that how you say it? Is that right? Oh, Cepeda. Cepeda, yeah. I, I'm not. Orlando Cepeda. You know, gotcha. I, yeah. So this one was interesting because I'm learning here. Um, because there's a lot of players that I don't know about, and he was one of them. I mean, first baseman, left fielder. I mean, I had one of those earlier today. So 11 time All Star, 1967 World Series winner, Hall of Famer, MVP, Rookie of the Year. It's it's, just, it's very interesting. I would love to see the correlation of how many players win rookie of the year and then go on to win an MVP later. Um, yeah. Cause I think that would probably be an interesting stat to see. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, so that's where you need Marty. Marty will look yeah, that up. I'll hit him up. I, he'll figure it. Yeah, I mean, he's faster than the, the Chat Giants. GPT. He's faster than that. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he. You know, every now and again, he wasn't wearing thirty, but he he wore thirty. One, two, three, four, five, six times. You know, out of his uh, ten jersey numbers. So I, I think that's uh, or his ten jerseys that he wore. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm. Uh, I think that's the pick. Would you go with Orlando? Orlando oh, yeah. Gotcha. Jason, who do you got for number 30? Um, hands down. I'm not, let's not even beat around the bush with this, gentlemen. Let's just go straight to Nolan Ryan. Let's just go to the Express, shall we? <laughs> on, this guy I was looking at Rushmore. him. Yeah. He's on my Mount Rushmore of baseball players. I mean, Tony Gwynn, Nolan yep. Ryan. Fernando Valenzuela and Reggie Jackson. I mean, at this point, my my fourth could always flip flop, but those other three are completely solid. Um, here we go with the numbers, gentlemen. Eight time All Star, uh, one time World Series champion, eleven time strikeout leader, um, five thousand seven hundred fourteen career strikeouts, and seven career no hitters. I think he was. Uh, what does he have? Nine career one hitters. So I mean, yeah. he was nine pitches away from uh, fourteen no hitters. Uh, the guy was just dominating. And you know, ask Robin Ventura. I think he would, you know, probably pass at this point. Yeah. But you know, Robin Ventura knows what you're messing with when you mess with the Express, baby. Jason, you took mine. I was going to say, because I knew what Zach was, Zach had said before on this, you know, it's about when they wear the number, right? And we're looking, and he said right. it tonight, you know, kind of looking at the guys that were. So I wrote some additional statistics down for you here, Jason. Yes. Wearing, wearing number 34, uh, wearing number 30, I'm sorry, wearing number 30, just with the Angels, not with New York. So just with the Angels, he had 138 wins. He threw 2,181 innings and had 2,486 strikeouts. He had 300 more strikeouts, 305 to be exact, more strikeouts than innings pitched as an angel. And he wasn't at the prime of his career as an angel. Most people would argue that was when he was an Astro. But, mm -hmm. I mean, right. he, these numbers are phenomenal for this guy. And in those, oh, yeah. those years when he was with the Angels and then he had Tanana with, that complimented him from the left side, but he, right. was maybe, he was maybe a 500 pitcher most of those years, you know, yeah. 16 and 12 or 18 and 14 or 16 and 16. He was, he just kind of had that average 500, you know, career during the, that time period. He, he wasn't that, he didn't, he dominated but he, you know, also had pretty crappy defense at times and, you know, just didn't have the the team behind him that he had later on in his career. I mean, not no, I'm not trying to, you know, badmouth those old angel guys. They played pretty well, but the, he, he just – those were his kind of – I want to say his formative years when he yeah. really just kind of built himself up in, in Houston and Texas, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I I was struggling because I was looking at these, and there's a number of, of other players that wore 30. Timmy Reigns was one of them I was thinking about. 
but you can't, and Dave mentioned him, but you can't, you can't look at Nolan Ryan's numbers and say he wasn't the best. I don't care if he was wearing double zero or 100. It doesn't, he was the best. He was the most dominant. And I, you remember when John Crux uh, jumped in the batter's box against Randy Johnson in the yeah, all-star no. game? Imagine, okay. imagine what would have happened if you would have faced Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is just insane. Nolan so I, I love that's a great pick, Jason. Cool. I was gonna say I was gonna shock the world and like argue with me on this, boys. But Jason, you already beat me to it, man. This is great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Didn't mean to rain on the parade there. <laughs> oh no, you gave all the numbers. I just added a few statistics that you right? may not have seen with <laughs> the Angels. I mean, it's He's, insane. He could, he could go out and pitch right now. <laughs> he could. He'll go he could. out and pitch. Right now and dominate, man. You know what? He is the only pitcher that could pitch right now that can make Adam Dunn look bad. Oh, good call. I want that one used on on Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) Who's the only pitcher that can make Adam Dunn strike out? Okay. Here we go. Nolan Ryan. I think it's crazy (laughs) to think, uh, you know, Nolan never got a Cy Young. And looking right. at 73, 74, 77, his competition was just unfortunately just slightly better. And it's insane to think that. It's yeah, insane right. to, th- to look at those years and say he got second or third when you're looking we- at who he went up against and lost to. It's just stupid. It's just yeah. you don't see pictures like that anymore. Palmer twice, Guidry, right? Lyle, yep. And uh, Catfish. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and when you're looking at him, he watched people a little bit more, but he also played. A- and, yeah. you know, I, I think it's just one of those that I can't ever believe they never got one. But definitely, I think everybody would say if there was a pitcher, who's the face of baseball when it comes to this pitching, starting pitching, it's Nolan Ryan. Nolan That's Ryan. what I think. Yeah, by far. Period. Well, boys, I think we've done a good job with this one this week. It's been phenomenal. <laughs> Um, these numbers were tough because there was a lot of good people. And like Dave mentioned, there's a lot of Hall of Famers there. So um, for those of you that have listened to this, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've given you our best uh, best effort, best foot forward. Um, by all fun. means, make sure that you're logging in on Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time to Bourbon and Baseball. They do a fantastic show. We joke around a lot about Adam Dunn, but you'll understand why if you listen in to his live. Uh Zach has a podcast. Louisville Sluggers has a podcast. Make sure you're tuning into that. Listen to that. Um, Mayflower Dave is all over the place. So make sure that you're <laughs> listening to him everywhere he goes. When you see him, stop him for an autograph. He carries he's giving a out some shillings. Yeah, he's giving out shillings. Yeah. That's what he's he carries a sharpie <laughs> with him. And when he signs his name, it says Adam Dunn. That's all he does. He's assigned Adam Dunn. God bless. So. And for those of you Top Fan Rivalry uh, followers, make sure you go to the website, topfanrivalry.com, click on the watch parties, and register for them. Boys, let's do it again next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Man. That was hilarious. This was Thank great. you, guys. Awesome. Talk okay. to you later, guys. All right. Yeah.